On last week's episode, we discussed sports and gaming in a connected future. Krishna Bhagavatula, Chief Technology Officer of the NBA, shared how new technologies will increase engagement, viewership, and enhance the fan experience. Diana Hu, head of the augmented reality platform at Niantic, spoke about how augmented reality in mobile gaming stands to revolutionize the gaming business. And Charlie Hahn from Microsoft's HoloLens team discusses how they are developing hardware to tie these advancements together. The clothes we've always worn to make us warm and comfortable are now on the verge of making us smarter and always connected. The next generation of wireless innovation with 5G will create new opportunities for connected consumers and the ever-changing landscape of smart wearable technology. Thanks to support from T-Mobile for Business, today we'll explore how advancements in 5G connectivity will enable innovations in connected smart clothing and in turn shape the future of retail, fashion and athletic wear. The only thing we know about the future for sure is that it's going to be a lot different than the present. And so how do we, as a purveyor of this well-loved, well-known object, how do we make sure that we are maintaining relevance both with the consumer and then also with our supply chain? That's Paul Dillinger, head of global product innovation at Levi Strauss. Yes, that Levi's. Like the pair you may have in your closet. For the last six years, Paul's been tasked with the job of bringing Levi's into the space of wearable tech. A designer by trade, Paul's now making connected clothing. In a scenario, for example, where potentially all objects in the future are going to be connected, you don't want to disrupt the apple cart too much, but all the other apple carts around you are just tumbling. And so it's about practicing agility and making sure that we never become comfortable with the status quo. That's a broadly applicable sentiment, but in this case, Paul is talking about genes thinking about design innovation for a company whose value is really rooted in authenticity. The object may be static, but it exists in an industrial infrastructure and an industrial ecology that's extremely dynamic. The way it's made, how it's consumed, who buys it, and how they wear it, these are all variables that are considerably different than when the object was first invented. Retail has changed dramatically in just the last few decades. You can shop on the go, purchase items with one swipe or tap of your phone, and in the fashion industry, retail is adapting to technology by literally weaving it into the fabric. It seems like the opportunity with the Internet of Things is really about taking the things that are already proven, things that we know that we want, things that have been validated by preference and by affection. Let them get better, improve them, enable them, connect them. And, and that's sort of the tactic we took with our most current expression of wearable technology at Levi's, which is our collaboration with Google, Project Jacquard, the um, Levi's trucker jacket enabled with Jacquard technology that is a discrete expression of technology. It's quiet. With a Levi's smart jacket, you can accept a phone call or drop a pin by swiping at your sleeve. Sensors are woven into the fabric, enabling a new kind of interface. Engineers and designers like Paul are creating garments that serve entirely new purposes than just keeping us warm or looking stylish. The lower latency and greater connectivity that 5G will enable could radically expand the Internet of Things, and your clothing is no exception. Wearable tech is moving far beyond your wrists and into your shoes, shirts and jackets. So how is this technology changing the way we use and shop for clothes? In this episode, 
we'll look at the future of retail and how connected clothing is changing the way we think about apparel. I'm Oz Veloshin. Welcome to This Time Tomorrow. Kara, I actually didn't know about the Levi's smart jacket before we started on this episode, but I really like what Paul said. Advances in technology don't always have to be in the service of creating new gadgets or even types of interaction. They can sometimes be about making things we already love better. Yeah, you know, people have been talking about the Internet of Things, IoT, for a very long time. But we are at this moment where it's on the verge of coming together in a really powerful way, which is enabled by better AI and more data from the objects that we even wear, which is where 5G could really play a key role. That's right. In our first episode, we coined a new formula, 5G plus AI equals IoT. And when we think about things and what things could be made better by being connected— Retail, and in particular clothing, offer huge opportunities. Yeah, and the IoT can be much bigger than smart TVs. You know, as we build more robust wireless networks, the Internet of Things could expand, like even to items that we don't think have an affinity for technology, like a denim jacket. Or even sportswear. Later in this episode, we're going to hear from another Paul, Paul Winsper, who's Director of Athletic Performance at Under Armour. Over there, they're creating connected clothing that captures data to help drive performance. And I spoke with Natasha Frank, who is the founder of a company called Eon. And she has a very different vision of what the future of retail looks like. And it involves something called the circular economy. Wow. Well, before we get there, let's circle back to Paul Dillinger at Levi's. Because it turns out the aspiration for the smart jacket is about much more than a one-off product. In fact, the goal is to create a more sustainable fashion system. It happened to me yesterday where I just grabbed what I thought was my, my favorite jean jacket, threw it on, realized, oh shoot, I've actually put on my jacquard jacket. It was, at a glance, indistinguishable from a conventional, you know, 10-year-old jacket that I had. We've created an amazing digital opportunity that can disappear into the Levi's assortment so seamlessly by design that it makes it difficult to find. I was surprised to learn this wasn't the first foray into connected clothing for Levi's. There was, you know, in the late 90s, a very early form of a connected jacket. Looking back with hindsight of, you know, 20 years, it's quaint. I'm proud that we were so bold as to go into that space, but yeah, it could hold five MP3s. The Levi's Smart Jacket launched in 2016, and Paul was the lead designer. Just like some of the first denim items, it was built with a clear purpose. In this instance, to keep people safe. It wasn't about integrating tactile interface and little teeny tiny washable computers for the hell of it, but it was to make people's daily commute on their bike safer. Eyes up, eyes on the road, eyes at the beautiful environment around you instead of eyes on this little tiny phone when you're traveling about 25 miles an hour on a pretty dangerous, bumpy, pothole-ridden street in San Francisco. And so this idea that a lot of what we do on our phones is purely about touch and not necessarily about visual feedback. A little bit of haptic, a little vibration, maybe a little glow of a light on the cuff of a garment to acknowledge that a task has been understood and executed. Maybe we could use this opportunity to build the interface into something familiar, not between our eyes, our finger, and this phone, but really just a gesture and the garment that we would already be wearing otherwise. When Paul talks about all these capabilities of a jacket, like alerting you that you've left your phone in a restaurant after you've left, it does make you think about clothing in a new light. 
And so we started to narrow down this opportunity for interface to just those abilities that were necessary for people who are on a bike. So the idea that we were taking a device that could do everything by putting it in the pocket and Bluetoothing it through a garment to a space on the left cuff that has been enabled for touch interface so that you're only doing those things that are enabled through this technology and thereby increasing your safety on your bike ride. The more exciting thing for me is that six months after the jacket was first released, we'd been looking at how it was being used and we were realizing that we'd designed something great for the weekday urban commuting cyclist, but I want them to love my product seven days a week. So we ended up thinking of what are the functions that could enable this jacket to become your favorite weekend jacket. And it was an interface with Uber and Lyft. It was making this jacket a mechanism to manage your, your ride-sharing service. And that new ability was introduced six months after the garment first came to market. Now, I'm not promising that the jacket does everything. Right now, there's you know upwards of 20 distinct abilities, and it's growing constantly. For years, the retail industry has been built around selling you new products. But one of the things that Paul has worked to achieve is making sure that connected products are adaptable and essentially upgradable. That's something entirely new for the retail space. And instead, we were saying, we, the design you have is good, is sound, but let's give you another ability. Let's give you fashion in the form of digital improvement so that overnight everyone just got a little push notification saying, hey, check out your jacket, it does something new. But also showed that fashion doesn't necessarily have to be a new object, but can be something as simple as new capabilities added to a garment that's already in the closet. The true opportunity for this kind of wearable technology as a platform rather than as a gadget is starting to become evident because two years on when we've released the Jacquard version 2, all of those new abilities and upgrades were still pushed out to the two-year-old jacket that was already in the closet of the people who were early adopters. So clothes become a kind of platform that enabled connectivity not only to our devices but to the brands that created them. We can imagine new economies and new systems of commerce that don't necessarily rely on creation of new objects. And so I'd like people to think about the opportunity for connected clothing and digital platforms embedded into garments as one of the ways that we can approach a more sustainable fashion system. If this is happening now, it does make you wonder, what might happen when networks become faster? For what we're doing, speed is always better. More speed, better. Great. Yes, I think that's understood. More power is also better. The more we are asking the garment to do, and the more we're asking garments to collaborate with devices, the more power we're needing. If the jacket's talking to the phone and doing stuff, can the gene be harvesting the energy of walking or skipping or dancing or any of the things that, you know, that we could be capturing some of that value? I think what we all need to do is get better at communicating the opportunity and, and encouraging people to understand new values from familiar objects, and then eventually they're going to come to expect those new values from the objects. Kara, Levi's smart jackets connect to your phone by Bluetooth, and of course your phone is connected to the wireless network. So it's fascinating to think how the adoption of 5G could enable even more functions in connected clothing. One of our guests from early in the series, Andrea Goldsmith of the Stanford Wireless Lab, talked about exactly this. 5G networks are being built with the bandwidth to support many more devices, and advances in low-powered sensors could one day allow clothing to speak directly to the network without needing to route through the phone. Perhaps, before long, we'll be able to leave home without our phones, without this fear of being completely disconnected. Our clothes 
could be the thing giving us access to essential communication. I also find the idea of buying one jacket that can be upgraded with software to be really innovative. Paul points out that as connected products provide more functions, they may become more relevant than owning a new physical product. And that could help us break the fast fashion paradigm that's been quite detrimental to the environment. Well, think about our grandparents or even our parents who took things to the repair shop. When was the last time you were at a repair shop? I've never been to one. (laughs) You know, now we're more likely to just buy something new. So talking to Paul, it's really cool to think about an alternative that could be right around the corner. So one function of connected clothing is that it can make your life easier or safer. Another is that it can improve your performance by gathering data. And that's what I discussed with Paul Winsper at Under Armour. I decided to try and see if we could take what we know from working at the highest level of professional sport and could we democratize this and give it to everybody? Could we take this knowledge and scientific principles and whether you're a 16-year-old girl wanting to make a varsity volleyball team or a young kid in Brazil wanting to make some kind of soccer team is, can we give you the tools? Can we give you the edge to get there faster? This, Paul, is the head of the Innovation Lab at Under Armour and an expert in athletic performance. Over the course of his career, he's worked at the highest level of professional sport, the Seattle Seahawks, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Newcastle Football Club, or soccer as we call it over here, as well as with athletes like Tom Brady and Steph Curry. Now, at Under Armour, Paul works to create connected clothing that can use data to boost athletic performance. We want to make athletes better. We want to give people these tools and and just basically make them aware that, you know, good footwear and good apparel and having smarter fabrics can enhance that journey and give them relevant contextualized data at the right time. We spend a lot of time understanding consumer journeys and understanding how people are currently engaging in digital environments. What Paul Winsper is saying echoes what Paul Dillinger of Levi's said. Successfully integrating new technologies like 5G into existing products and industries starts with understanding user needs. And at Under Armour, those users run the gamut from people like Cara and me to... People like Steph Curry who are, you know, traveling across hundreds of time zones across a season, training really hard. Obviously, he's pushing his body to different limits and new limits and has to find different ways to adapt. But at the end of the day, it's the it's the same for the general guy in the street. You know, they, they get up early, they attend to family, they do a full day's work, they travel, they get stuck in traffic, they're stressed, and they're still having to find time to exercise, eat well, sleep well. So the, the challenges are the same, you know, no matter whether you're trying to win a... MVP of the league in the NBA or whether you're trying to just perform and keep yourself healthy and well and being a good parent or a good friend or a good husband or whatever. So I see it as very much the same with a ton of overlap. We expect a great deal of our athletic clothes, but we don't typically think of them as items that can increase our performance or productivity. In talking to Paul, I realized that may be coming in the future if brands can execute. You think about apparel that's going to have to be washed again and again and again. You think about how you're connected and all of a sudden there's like a ton of friction built into the experience. And unless we can actually sell the consumer a real benefit of investing significant money in a smart piece of apparel, it becomes really difficult. 
I wanted to know more about how Under Armour was making clothing that has the potential to keep us healthier. And that has a lot to do with data. You think about when people interact with data is what if that data could be surprisingly relevant when you picked your phone up and you go, huh, as opposed to like, ugh. And it's something that delights every time they open it with this surprising relevancy. So it's kind of taken the consumer into a place that doesn't aggravate and agitate the daily minutiae of the data that has to be surprisingly relevant to the culture at that point in time. And then there's the end of season review with all of the data, which looks at the big trends across the full season where people go like, wow. And that to me is that moment is when you culminate all of that data and pull it together as one big data set. And then you compare it and contrast it against millions of other users and you start to look. That's when big data becomes really fun. And I mean fun. One product Under Armour has developed that will collect and analyze new data is the smart shoe. We have a pretty incredible, powerful chip in our running shoes. And we're very, very proud of this chip. And it's as accurate as a really expensive run watch. And the battery dies after the life of the cushioning platform within the shoe. And we're just getting started, understanding all of this amazing data from stride length and cadence and all of this amazing data to drive context back to a runner. And that data can be very valuable for the wearer of the shoe if the shoe fits and the data's right. Most people come into a, a fitness world with some kind of goal, whether it's weight loss or run the first 5K or try and make some kind of team if it's a more youth-based athlete or whether it's just about living a healthier, longer life. Data can help really inform that journey. It can help you make better decisions. I think it can help you understand, are you doing too much? Are you not doing enough? So people have this primal urge and need to be connected. And I think the, the whole fitness and performance-based industry has a big role to play in that, is like connecting people with the same physical, emotional drivers. You know, how can you just connect people with similar goals to relevant information at that point in time? I, I think there's so much power when you get a group of people creating a movement that is not led by a big brand or a big corporation. I am excited about the future state, but I think there's still so much to unravel to get consumers to understand the right data at the right time to help them on their particular journey. The future with 5G is coming. Today, T-Mobile is leading the 5G charge with $30 billion invested in their network to deliver new capabilities. Improved connectivity and true mobility provided by an advanced network from T-Mobile for Business could change the way we all live and work. The 5G era will take the best technologies available today in the wireless space so that you can offer new capabilities to your business customers. T-Mobile for Business knows that the future of business will be powered by advancements in wireless networks, with these new technologies opening the doors for better ways to get the job done. Business is changing. Learn more at tmobileforbusiness.com. Carrot, one of the things I found really interesting about the conversation with Paul is how much attention he pays to using data to create better outcomes for users. 
Yeah, and we live in the age of big data, but our capacity as people to process data and make it work for us is actually really limited. And that's why advances in AI are exciting, because with a layer of interpretation, that data can actually help us make better decisions. But as Paul told you, it's still important to think about how and where that data is actually served. Well, that's where future 5G networks could play such an important role. One of the exciting promises is so-called edge computing. Currently, data has to go all the way to the cloud to be processed. But in the next generation of wireless, it could be processed locally on small cells to give actionable recommendations in real time. We've already talked in this episode about how the next generation of wireless technology could allow clothing to connect directly to the network. And I wanted to learn more about what that could mean. So I spoke to Natasha Frank, who is the CEO of a startup called Eon. And they work with companies to add digital tags to products, which allows retailers to maintain a relationship with a consumer and the product after a point of sale. Here's Natasha. I'm founder and CEO of a startup called Eon, and we work with global brands and retailers to create connected products and bring transparency to the entire product lifecycle. Today, when brands and retailers make a product, there is no data in that product. And when that product goes out the door, there is no way for that product to tell you its story. And so when we look at the world of connected products, every product has an identity. And that means that it's possible to, one, communicate about products, and it's also possible for brands to connect with customers through physical products. Natasha works with brands like Target and Calvin Klein to help them track the life cycle of a product. Eon supports something called the circular economy. So how do they make sure that their products are being utilized, are being resold, are being repaired, are being recycled? How do they make sure that those materials that went into making those products can come back into what we call the circular economy and be reused to make new products? It all starts with tracking the products after they've been sold. So RFID is basically a chip that's in the hang tag of a product, and brands remove that the moment they sell a product. So all that data that identified a product is gone the moment you sell it. The next gen of that is actually embedding that data or that RFID chip into the physical product, into the textile itself, so that intelligence doesn't stop at point of sale, but continues beyond point of sale. We store that data in the cloud, so now when a reseller or a recycler wants to find out the material content in order to recycle it, they can scan it. In order for a consumer to upload a product to their digital wardrobe, they can scan it. The world Natasha describes allows for all kinds of optimizations for brands and consumers. Now that that data is in the physical item, that item becomes what we call a smart product. That item is able to communicate and also take in data. A customer can put information about whether they like the product, whether they didn't like the product, whether this broke, whether they want a recommendation of something that matches with that product. There could be the issue of connected clothing and privacy. So I asked Natasha what she thought about this. We're storing product data and not customer data. So that's a super delicate balance. Um, We don't identify the customer unless the customer wants to be associated with the product. But really, we're just holding data about the product. According to Natasha, this product data also offers opportunities to reduce the environmental impact of the fashion industry. 
you take natural resources, you make products, and you produce waste. So that's what we call the linear model. So in a circular model, resources and materials and products are kept constantly in use. So for me, it seemed that the biggest barriers to circular economy was that there is no way to identify products and materials after point of sale. And so when we create a connected product, we also say that we're creating an intelligent asset. We're creating a product that has embedded intelligence that is essential for managing that product and also bringing accountability to circular economy. Natasha's vision provides a very different view of the retail space, one that fully embraces the Internet of Things, or IoT. And that's another area we imagine will be transformed by 5G. We're creating connected products. So it's how do these products speak quickly and efficiently to partners? And how do we reduce the lag time of the connectivity of these products and make a more seamless customer experience? So the quicker that information can flow through, the more benefit to the stakeholders that are using the platform and are managing those products. If Natasha's vision is implemented on a massive scale, it will likely be accelerated by the implementation of 5G. And it creates a fundamentally different retail ecosystem. The brands that we work with today are really interested in shifting to circular economy business models. They want to build what we would say is a 360 relationship with their customer, where the customer uses the product, that product comes back to them for service, then ultimately that cotton comes back and they make a new shirt out of that cotton. So in a kind of future state, we see that ubiquitous connectivity will enable industry to move beyond selling products to services. So basically, connectivity enables brands from just saying, here's your shirt, and you walk away, to having that ongoing relationship and transitioning to service models for their products. So ultimately, the rise of connectivity also creates the rise of the ability to steward products and manage products and materials more intelligently. So that what we call closed-loop vision of products requires connections between the brand, the customer, and it requires extending digital infrastructure. And so once the plumbing is set up of data exchange, more and more information can flow through. Available now from iHeart, a new series presented by T-Mobile for Business, The Restless Ones. Join host Jonathan Strickland as he explores the upcoming 5G revolution and the business leaders who stand right on the cutting edge. There are certain decision makers who are restless. They know there is a better way to get things done, and they're ready, curious, and excited for the next technological innovation to unlock their vision of the future. These restless ones are in pursuit of bigger, better, smarter, stronger. They seek new partners, new strategies, new processes. They pursue innovative platforms and solutions to propel their teams, businesses, and industries forward. In each episode, we'll learn more from the restless ones themselves and dive deep into how they think the 5G revolution could propel their business forward. The Restless Ones is now available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oz, this idea of the circular economy was new to me, and it's aligned with what Paul Dillinger talked about earlier, which is 
getting the most use out of a product. Right. You and I once spoke with Astro Teller, head of Google X, about the possibilities that start to arise when we make dumb objects smart. When we think about having all kinds of everyday objects connected to a network and learning in real time from the data they create and each other, it opens up all kinds of exciting avenues. Yeah, and thinking specifically about retail, there are huge opportunities for brands to disrupt the way we shop. If we can tell a product that we like it... And what we like about it, that can inform everything from the product development to product marketing. Right. And remember what Andrea Goldsmith said in our first episode. If every object was connected to the wireless network today, they'd all run out of battery instantly because of the power usage, not to mention crashing the network's bandwidth. Right. The low power sensors that 5G could enable is something that will allow this kind of widespread connected clothing market to fully take shape and then expand. On this episode, we've talked about how 5G could usher in a new age of connected products. Some of the most exciting and transformative could be our cars. On the next episode, we'll look at how autonomous vehicles and driving could be enabled by future 5G networks. I'm Oz Veloshin. See you next time. No matter what you're after, T-Mobile for Business is here with a network born mobile and built from the ground up for the next wave of innovation. From mobile broadband to IoT to workforce mobility and everything in between, T-Mobile for Business is committed to helping you move your business forward with the products and services you need, as well as the dedicated, award-winning customer service you'd expect from America's most loved wireless company. Business is changing. Learn more at T-Mobile for Business.com.